Friends, we are finishing our sermon series on the last words of Jesus. We have looked at the sayings that Jesus had while on the cross. Today we do end with his phrase, it is finished, from the 19th chapter of John, verses 25 through 30. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, there is no preaching without your spirit in this place. May your spirit be in every word that is spoken. May your spirit be in the meditations of our hearts and minds. Let everything else fall away that we may hear you speak to us this day. Amen. Normally, we would focus on the Palm Sunday text, but today we're going to hold two texts together. We've got the Palm Sunday text, right, early in the beginning of Holy Week, when Jesus rides into Jerusalem and there is a parade. Everyone is so happy to see him. He's going to be their king, and they have in their minds a certain idea of what that would look like. I mean, how could you overthrow the Roman Empire unless there was going to be bloodshed? There was going to be some sort of war. To become a king means that you are going to overthrow the empire, and so they're so excited because finally the person who will represent them is going to be the king of all the land, and they're excited and they're happy to see Jesus. And that's the beginning of the week. But we've also been talking about what Jesus says on the cross. And so we have at the other end, at the end of the week on Good Friday, Jesus on the cross. And at the cross, there are only four people. Started with all of those crowds, yelling and happy, and it ends with just four people. One disciple, his mother, aunt, and Mary Magdalene. We have to ask ourselves what it is that challenges us about Jesus. Because every time as they moved through that week and Jesus did not act the way that they thought he should act, they fell away. Surely, during the trial, when it did not go the way they thought, they could still believe, but they couldn't. They fell away. So we have the trial and the conviction and the torture and the cross. And with each step, 
those people who were so happy to see Jesus start to turn against him because they were certain they knew how this was going to go and it doesn't look anything like it. And so we come to that day when Jesus is on the cross and he says these words, it is finished. To know what Jesus means to say it is finished, we have to go back to the beginning of John's gospel. And we have to ask ourselves, what does John say is beginning with Jesus? And John is sure of two very important things. The first thing John is sure of is that Jesus is God. Come into our world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything that we might want to know about God, we can find in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what John tells us. And so when Jesus comes into the world, it is to show us what God cares about. If only we would listen. The second thing that John tells us over and over again is he uses the the idea of light and darkness that we live in a world that is darkened by our own sin. Isn't that the truth? And into that world, Christ comes and brings light. And the light shows us both what our sinfulness is and shows us how God would have us live in the world. He is the light of God in our very darkened world. And so all throughout John's gospel, you see Jesus showing them how things are supposed to be. In the third chapter of John, there's Nicodemus. And Jesus says, you have to be born from above in order to be a part of my kingdom. Now, when we talk about Jesus' kingdom... Those are the things that he teaches us. Before Jesus, the idea was that if we were to ever have any sort of kingdom, it would be after we died. There was nothing we could do here until Christ came into the world and showed us there was a lot we could do here. Jesus showed us what the kingdom looks like. And the kingdom looks like someone who loves extravagantly, so extravagantly that he says, love your enemy. We know that the kingdom of God looks like a place where grace abounds and forgiveness is offered to all, where there are no insiders or outsiders, but we are all one as God's beloved children. That's what Jesus came to show us, to shed light on that. And he does it his entire life through. Over and over again, how many times have you heard parables where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like? And he explains it to us over and over again. By the time we get to the cross and Jesus says it is finished, what he means is that his work of showing us the kingdom is finished. That's what he came for, to shed light into our darkened world to show us how to love one another, how to forgive one another. And he does that over and over again, and it ends on the cross, which is so hard to understand. But think of it this way. We all know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world. 
The cross is God so loving the world that Jesus is willing to be crucified so that we may be united with God more closely. So when Jesus says, it is finished, he doesn't mean that the kingdom of God is complete. What he means is that his work of being here on the earth with us and teaching us about the kingdom, that part is finished. Now, do you want to guess who's supposed to continue building the kingdom? It's you and me. And doesn't that sound like terribly hard work to do the things that Jesus did? The good news is that right after Jesus says it is finished, it also says that he gave up his spirit. And that spirit comes to you and to me. And it enables us in very small ways to bring the kingdom of God into the world. We are given the power of Jesus so that we can love extravagantly, so that we can forgive, we can offer grace. I find it so interesting that Jesus calls on everyone to build the kingdom, even those people who turned on him from Palm Sunday. Even the ones who say he should be crucified, even to them he says, I will give you the power and you have the gifts to continue building the kingdom in this time and place. None of us deserve the gift of the cross but we are all freely given the gift of the cross so that we can continue Christ's work in this place, knowing that the very Spirit of God is with us in all that we do. So theologian N.T. Wright has this joke that says, how many Christians does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. Jesus already screwed in the light bulb, but Christians need to go around turning on the lights. We have work to do. We have to shine the light of Christ in the world. And you know what? None of us is fit for that job, and yet we are still allowed to be a part of it over and over again, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus Christ is. The work of Jesus on the earth, it is finished. But the work of loving the world and transforming it, that is still the work of the church and the work of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do it. It is finished for the person of Jesus Christ. It is never finished for the Spirit of God and the church of Jesus Christ. But good news, we don't do it alone. The Spirit of God is always with us. That's what being a church is. Thanks be to God. Amen.